Since the Taliban took over Afghanistan less than two weeks ago, their treatment of women has raised concerns. They have turned away women from the workplace. They have also defaced images of women in Kabul outside beauty parlors. All those images have been defaced with black paint or painted over or ripped down. That's our colleague Margarita Stankati. She used to live in Afghanistan and she's been covering the Taliban's takeover. There's been a few episodes of, you know, of women being kind of scolded for what they were wearing. Um, and even more alarmingly, in parts of the country, unmarried women were essentially forcibly married off to Taliban fighters. Some women have been whipped by the Taliban. We spoke to one woman who was, you know, she's a doctor. She used to drive herself to work. She was on a taxi and took out her phone to film scenes of chaos unfolding near the airport. A Taliban fighter saw her and he whipped her in public. The atmosphere in Kabul, the country's capital, has been tense. When the city fell, women like 28-year-old photographer Fatima Hosiani hid from public view, afraid the Taliban would target them. We were hiding ourselves at home. Even my friends couldn't go out and they, they were just worried and they were just texting each other that, are you fine? Are you home? We were just deactivating our social media accounts. It was like exhausting. And I could see that even in one, less than one week, how everything has been changed. Young Afghan women like Fatima are terrified that the rights women gained during the 20-year American presence in Afghanistan are being taken away. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, August 25th. Coming up on the show, the uncertain future women face in Afghanistan. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with Global X ETFs. Exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. Global X specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. The Taliban ruled Afghanistan from 1996 to 2001, a brief period that had a tremendous impact on the country's history. The way they ruled, from harboring terrorists to inflicting violence against the Afghan people, turned the country into a pariah state. The Taliban follow an incredibly strict interpretation of um, Sunni Islam. They applied what is their interpretation of uh, of Sharia, of Islamic law. Um, So it's a mix of their very hard interpretation of, of religion and also kind of local Afghan culture. Life under Taliban rule in the 1990s was awful for women. It was one of the worst places in the world in which to be a woman. You would basically see no woman in the street or very, very few women. And certainly you would not bump into women in government buildings or in offices. And the woman you did see would be wearing these head-to-toe gowns called burqa. 
typically in blue, with mesh over their faces. So you couldn't even see their face. And the idea was that women had to be kept away from the public eye, that they were very much supposed to stay at home and take care of children, and that it was inappropriate for men who were not related to them to see them. Although, of course, many, many families chose instead to flee Afghanistan. One of the families that chose to flee was Fatima's. Her parents left Afghanistan as the Taliban came to power. She grew up in Iran. What kind of stories did you hear from your family or relatives about what life was like for women under Taliban rule? They just told me different stories about how life was difficult during that regime. Everything was so like hard for especially women in Afghanistan. They told me that they killed um, some of their families in some of the provinces in Afghanistan and also my friends, that they even have the photos of those, um, like their uncle and their aunts and even some of their closest family, like fathers, that uh, the Taliban killed them and tried to rape their even grandmother, even their sisters, and how they hided their girls in some some of, like, um, far villages. The Taliban ruled for five years. They were ousted in 2001 when the U.S. invaded Afghanistan after 9-11. When the U.S. invaded Afghanistan, one of the goals of the military intervention, besides obviously, um, you know, going after al-Qaeda and the Taliban, was the liberation of Afghan women. The invasion quickly toppled the Taliban government, and with it, the strict rules that women had been living under. While some of those restrictions continued in rural areas, in places like Kabul, things changed drastically for women and girls. Over the past 20 years, women made lots of progress and now work in fields ranging from journalism to politics to even the military. And these young women who really grew up believing that there was a future for them in Afghanistan um, as people, not just as women, but just they could, they could, you know, aspire to do the kind of jobs their brothers wanted to do. Fatima visited Afghanistan twice in the early 2010s, and she decided to move to Kabul in 2018. Why did you want to move there? Because since I was a teenager, Afghanistan was only a name for me, and I was always looking for some roots and some signs about Afghanistan that, that uh, where I am belong to, you know? I could see that everything has been changed in Afghanistan and I could make a peaceful place for myself. So I decided to go back and start with teaching at Kabul University and to have a voice and to inspire other, other girls to experience and to be an artist. Fatima's work as a photographer centers on Afghan women. She says her portraits of these women are meant to show off their femininity and push Afghan cultural norms. What kind of a reaction does your work get in Afghanistan? Some people and some different part of the society in Afghanistan or in all around the world appreciated me that you're so brave. You went to Afghanistan. You're taking pictures of women in Afghanistan in the middle of the streets and you're creating beauty in the middle of war zone. But in another side, some of the people of Afghanistan really didn't like my works because um, they believe that I am showing women of Afghanistan without hijab, without any Sharia law. Beyond her work, Fatima says her life in Kabul was pretty normal. 
even though she says she was still sometimes fearful of bombings and terrorism as the war continued, especially outside the city. How different was the Afghanistan that you lived in compared to the Afghanistan of the 1990s under Taliban rule and the stories that you heard? Everything was so different. I mean, I had my freedom, uh, freedom of speech as a photojournalist. I could go to streets and take of women photos. Uh, even the communication between women, everything was different. So I could see just the beauties of Afghanistan because I tried to travel to different provinces and to capture the beauties of Afghanistan. Did you feel free and independent as a woman in Afghanistan during this time? Of course, yeah. And it was so sweet, you know, because I experienced to be an independent girl in my country, in my, in my Afghanistan. They could see that so many of my friends, so many of women in Afghanistan went abroad. They were so educated. They started their business. So, so many of them were working in very high positions, you know, in the government, in the economy. But then, earlier this month, everything changed for women like Fatima when Afghanistan fell to the Taliban. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. After American troops began their withdrawal from Afghanistan, the Taliban quickly took over much of the country, including Kabul. And women weren't sure exactly what was about to happen. Here's Margarita again. Women in Afghanistan are afraid they're going to lose their freedom. And there's several aspects of this. Uh, For example, what will they be allowed to wear? What kind of restrictions will there be on dress? It's almost for sure there will be some sort of restrictions on dress. That's one issue. The second thing they're afraid of is um, work. You know, the Taliban have said women will be allowed to work, but in which professions? It's very possible that many professions will be barred for women. And also gender segregation. Will women and men be allowed to mix? And also the role of the so-called mahram or the male guardian. So will women need the permission of their father or husbands to work or to go to university or to marry someone? Are there any women who are trying to resist the Taliban and not follow their rules? And if so, what kind of risks do they face for doing that? So we still don't have any hard set rules. We don't know what women can and cannot do. Uh, and probably we won't have visibility on that until there's a, you know the, the, an actual Taliban government is formed and, and they announce these rules. 
after the Taliban took over Kabul, there were a few women, a few very brave women who took to the streets and started chanting slogans in support of women's rights in front of Taliban fighters. You know, they were showing their face. They were wearing headscarves and they were modestly dressed, but they were standing up for their rights. At the same time, we haven't really seen the Taliban meeting any, you know, women's rights activists or or prominent women, really, since they've taken over Kabul. Since the Taliban took over Kabul, they've been trying to project a more moderate image of themselves. One way they've tried was by letting a female journalist interview a top Taliban leader on TV. The Taliban had just taken over Kabul and a female anchor was essentially grilling the, the Taliban official about what this meant for the country. The official responded by saying that he was, quote, still astonished that people are afraid of Taliban. Then, in a press conference last week, another Taliban spokesman said that the group would respect women's rights and let girls go to school, but only, quote, within the framework that we have, our women are Muslim. That said, just yesterday, the Taliban said women should stay home, at least temporarily, for their own safety, because untrained Taliban fighters might mistreat them. Why would the Taliban want to be seen as taking a more moderate stance toward women? The Taliban need and want international recognition and international funding. So the Taliban know they can't do it alone. No, they will need a degree of international legitimacy in order to access funding, even, even if it's just humanitarian aid. They need support. And also they don't want to be seen as a pariah state in the same way that they were in the 1990s. At first, Fatima wanted to believe that the Taliban would be more moderate. Even after they took over Kabul, I was hopeful that maybe Taliban has been changed. Maybe. But when I saw their um, like behavior in the streets, when I listened to their speeches, and when I checked the news that so many of my friends and even journalists were posting that they are just searching door to door, searching for journalists, people of government, polices, and NGOs, it was at that time that I decided to leave Afghanistan. Fatima worked with the French embassy and a nonprofit to try and escape the country. They arranged for her to fly out of the Kabul airport on a French military plane. I realized that it's done. Afghan's identity is gone and my hope is gone. And it's a time to leave because I have to survive. I have to claim my voice. I have to continue my words. And if I didn't leave, I'm sure that I, I, I had to hide myself and to uh, turn off my voice and everything. After hours of waiting for the Taliban to let her into the airport, she boarded the plane and set off for Paris, where she is now. It was so heartbreaking. I couldn't imagine that one day I leave my bluff motherland, my Afghanistan, like that, in a military flight. It was uh, like in the ground of air airplane, but just with a little suitcase, I left my everything behind. I just locked my house, my home, and left. Uh, it was so heartbreaking, I just can't say that. Is there anything that's giving you hope? Uh, actually, um, at the moment, no, because um, I'm still in shock. I'm still in panic. 
I still cannot believe it that how all these things happen in just one week. Uh, just two weeks ago, I was with my friends in Kabul, and today I am in Paris without <laughs> without anything to a new life. I left everything behind to an unknown future. What do you think is going to happen to all the women who stayed behind in Afghanistan? What do you think the future will be like for them? I'm sure that their life is gone and everything is gone. That's all for today, Wednesday, August 25th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Special thanks to Jessica Donati for her reporting in the story and Ava Sasani. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.